Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent into Kingston, Jamaica. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also, this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both, let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1 That's 1 Hello, listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of. Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is just the best thing. This segment is called Musical Slash Entertainment Industry. And my guest today is Mr. Clayton Jacobs, hip hop artist, better known as Blind Gorilla. Hi Clayton, welcome to the program. Hi, it's a pleasure to be with you today. How are ya? I'm feeling fabulous. How about you? I'm great. Now, people, this promises to be a very exciting, inspirational, musical, entertaining episode. So, Clayton, you are a hip-hop artist, a music producer, everything, everything, everything. I was looking at your bio, and trust me, it just grabbed my attention. I have a lot of questions to ask. I don't know where to start. So tell us about your name, Blind Gorilla and Esoteric. How, how, how did you come up with those names? Okay, so um, initially when I came up with, when I came up with Esoteric Quality, I had been playing around with different um, artist names for quite a while. Because I started, I started writing songs in 2002, although I'd been doing music for a, a long time. And, uh, it wasn't until 2012 that I came up with with that, and at the time I felt that it, I, it, I felt that it described me well. The problem was um, that with with esoteric quality, what I ran into when I was promoting my my work under that was that many people were like, "Well, how do I spell that? How do I?" and and people mispronounce it, and then I just thought, "Well, I need to change to something different that people can more easily pronounce, and something that." is a little bit easier for people to to hear and i like the whole concept of of the of the gorillas like the military style gorillas because they were revolutionary but i also liked gorillas in the sense of i was really attracted to uh the concept of uh j conrad levinson's book series gorilla marketing Mm -hmm. Um, and so i so i looked at it as as a blind person as somebody who is about empowerment on on all yes. levels with someone who's revolutionary <clears throat> so that's really what i thought and i'm and the thing is is that i don't just do um i don't just do hip-hop i also do um i also do soul r&b um mm-hmm. house pop um dance music too so i so i encompass like multiple different genres 
I just, um, and that'll, that'll be more apparent too when I'm able to get more material out and I'm actually working on stuff. So, because my next question was, um, there, there are several things that struck me in your bio. Um, one of them that struck me the most was you designate yourself as blind revolution, revolutionary, I beg your pardon. How do you get that name? What made you consider yourself as that? Because I feel like, and no disrespect to the blindness organizations because they've really paved, they've really paved the way. But I feel like the organizations for the blind and the, the disability organizations, they focus a lot on, they focus on accessibility and technology and things like that, which is good. And they focus on, they focus on employment, but they don't focus as hard on like entrepreneurship and on, um, on us being the ones commanding our own destiny. It's kind of like, um, to me, what they're trying to say is we need to like, we need to be more along the lines of, of trying to get what we want from side of people. And I, I reached a point with all the things that I went through in my life that it wasn't realistic for us to go that direction is, and that it's not realistic for us to go that direction. And instead what we need to do is we need to be the ones commanding our own, sh our own ships. We need to be the ones steering the way we want to go in, in the world and creating the type of world we want. And so, entrepreneurship and economic empowerment mm -hmm. is the way to do that and we and we also we we have to be serious about talking about money and talking about um us as a as a collective uh group around the world having the ability to to acquire assets and property because how are we going to how are we going to change the political landscape so um the reality is is that if we're going to make change in the world in terms of tech of improving the the way that the quality of life for blind people across the board mm -hmm. is going to take us collectively organizing together to do that it's going to take us um putting putting our money and resources together and growing our 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 money uh, resources assets networks and connections in order to do that and we because and we can't do that if if we're if we're begging from sighted people at the table to give us this stuff we have to do it and take the initiative on our own so that's why to me like i'm i'm revolutionary because i'm about us building building ourselves um in terms of entrepreneur entrepreneurially in terms of community and us mm -hmm. transact business with one another in terms of in terms of militarily because we need to protect ourselves and defend ourselves and in terms of like all aspects economic social political yes um, so that's really where that where that came from mm -hmm. so clayton hip-hop is a genre that has a lot of controversy um all of these things yeah. it's, it's a it's a really tough genre to deal with how how do you as an as an artist see this genre how do you cope with it well i look at it like uh if you look at every form of music today a lot of it came, came out of controversy if we want to be technical you have you have like like jazz and blues that came that came out of controversy you have uh r b and soul that came out of controversy and empowerment you have uh reggae that came out of um 
controversy and with 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 Bob Marley, especially like speaking ah, to you know um, Bob Marley. Yeah, <laughs> you know, speaking to the speaking to the you know people in Jamaica, you know, to to rise up and against get against, up, stand you know, up, yeah, stand <laughs> up and fight for the rights. So hip hop. Hip hop is just an extension of uh, what controversy has already, I guess, exi existed in music in times past. In times past, and and I would even say that that even even today's uh, pop music is controversial um, in terms of because it's it's very today's pop music in has is open and honest about topics uh, that that years ago in music nobody would even touch so i mm -hmm. there's, there's controversy within a wide multiple framework of genres in music mm -hmm. it isn't just it isn't exclusive to hip-hop or exclusive to one genre or another so clayton going back to your bio one gets the sense that you had it really really tough how has this shaped you as an individual and your music i had to pretty much be someone that like survived and took and mostly like t took care of myself because I I grew up in a challenging family environment where um, abuse and neglect and violence were the norm and then plus my plus my dad my dad was incarcerated when I was 12 and 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 then I ended up losing my sister to police brutality a few years ago wow so I moved around so much as a as a child too yes that uh i mean i by the time i graduated high school i i'd been in at least 10 different schools wow so, yeah so and and because of constantly having to be uprooted and having to go to new to new uh schools and things like that i never really got too familiar with a place for too long except until 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 i was out in arizona and then then from like 2003 to 2000, 2009, and then from 2016 up to this year, um, I was in, I was in Arizona, um, and I'd briefly been in Arizona for a couple weeks in 1999, but but Arizona was really the the, the longest place that I had been, and where I where I at least like knew my layout and, and surroundings because so many of the other places that I had lived in, I was only there mm -hmm. maybe a couple of years. Mm -hmm. so one place that I, one place that I lived in, I had only been a year and then I was, I was uprooted again. So it was just this, it was a constant chaos and turmoil in my life that an adversity that I had to face that made me a survivor, but it also, it also in, in terms of, making me feel strong i was also concealing and hiding a lot of pain which i tried to put into my music yes uh, because uh, music is uh, about expression expression and then you know it, and then thankfully i i ran into someone um recently that that helped me get past my painful experiences and so i'm able to move to move forward in a much more positive direction um yes. having having a sense of clarity of not only where i've been but also where i'm going so that's also been really good but it was but it, 
<clears throat> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't easy. I had to do a lot of self-education. I had to do a lot of fighting for myself and my rights and a lot of just yes. coming up with the, with kind of outside the box things of having to navigate this this complex and challenging world that we that we live in now. Yes. And so, yeah. Clayton, I find really interesting in your bio that you were didn't you were you you stated that you were denied access uh in your in, in your in your in advancement of ed, of education despite your blindness. I was. Tell us about that. So I had I had colleges that when I tried to apply to them that outright denied me because of my blindness. The Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences in Tempe, Arizona, and Full Sail University out of Winter Park, Florida. Both of those colleges that that I had tried to attend uh, basically told me we don't accept blind students. And now, for anyone who may not be aware of that, that's actually illegal for a college to say that. Especially uh, now, I don't know. I don't know what the laws are like in Jamaica or certainly like other parts of the world, but I can tell you here in the U.S., like colleges can't discriminate based on someone's blindness or someone be, being somebody with a disability. Uh, they can't do that under Titles 2 and 3 of the ADA or the Rehabilitation Act. But they still did that to me. And then when I went to the University of Phoenix and then when I went to Kirkwood Community College, when I went to both of those I was denied the necessary ADA accommodations for me to be able to finish my degree. I ended up filing ADA complaint and uh, with with uh, Kirkwood because back when things happened with the University of Phoenix, I knew what the ADA was and I, I knew what my rights were, but I just didn't know how to go about the whole process of of getting the re the remedies that I needed. But by the time that I went to Kirkwood, I, I knew because I had I had studied disability rights law at that point for like, mm -hmm. I was spending like 16 hours a day spent like reading statutes, case law, law review articles and things like that. So I had mm -hmm. studied that. And so by the time I went to Kirkwood and Kirkwood was, was really treating me bad, mm -hmm. they, uh, I knew exactly what to do. And so I, I filed a complaint against Kirkwood. Yes. I went to, I tried getting the organizations for the blind involved. They wouldn't yes. touch it. Oh, wow. Um, they wouldn't touch it without the rest of the blind students who were going there getting involved. That's what they told me. And I said, well, I'll do what I can to get them organized. But you have to, under, you have to understand too that there's a lot of, and this is something that the blind community as a whole, we, we really need to work on this because when when one of our people is going through something like this we need to have each other's backs and stand up and help and help people out instead of instead of just wanting to be silent and not really wanting to get involved because in my case there were several other blind students who went to kirkwood and they didn't want to get involved with my complaint even though i said well i'll help i'll, I'll help do the work i just need I just need the documentation from you. I'll put all of this together. I've got this, I've got my stuff already laid out and they still didn't, they didn't want to do it. And so I ended up having to take it alone. And I went, I got an attorney that I retained for mediation through 
disability rights Iowa at the time. Yes. And the attorney and I, we went, we went and we set down the mediation demands. Mm -hmm. And when it was time for me and my attorney to meet with the mediator in Kirkwood, the school was not, the college was not prepared for me and my attorney to, to hit them with all these demands. And yes. when we presented our stuff, they went they went frantically running because they were like, oh my God, we don't know what to do. Cause um because they they weren't they weren't prepared for someone who was prepared like I was. And and then we hashed it out and it took it took several hours to get the mediation agreement drawn up. Uh but the the agreement was reached and the school, the college ended up making some changes like for example one of the requirements that they had for testing was that if you were a blind student or a student with a disability who needed testing accommodations you had to get you had to go three days in advance to the testing center and get and schedule it mm -hmm. nobody else had that policy so that was an unfair policy and i got that changed and i got i got all the computers in that facility to have uh, screen reader access, which was good. But uh, but the one thing was is that the even though I had gotten things resolved to some degree with with Kirkwood, they still continued violating the terms of the mediation agreement. And finally, in 2015, after having to drop a total of 13 classes because of the the refusal to accommodate. I finally decided to leave Kirkwood. And then from there, I ended up forming my first business, which was Clayton Jacobs Media LLC, which was a, it was a freelance write, it was a company for the, that I did like freelance writing work for clients, but, and un, unfortunately that company failed, but my company that I have now, Blind Money Records, is still up uh, and, and then plus two now I sell uh, CBD oil through Hempworks and I also do social media marketing work for people and uh, things like that. So Okay, we're getting to that part because uh, yeah. the Blind Money Records is rather interesting and just let our, our, our listeners know that I'm speaking with Mr. Clayton Jacobs. Uh, music producer, hip hop artist, motivational speaker, everything in one, which is just rather interesting. Also, listeners, uh, Clayton mentioned about some laws of, of universities in the United States. Let me just say for Jamaica, uh, it was Dr. Hicksville Douglas, Dr. Senator Floyd Morris, and Miss Gloria Goff. These persons are visually impaired and they were the ones uh, who set the foundation for persons with disabilities to attend the University of the West Indies, Mona Campus, Jamaica. And so far it's doing really well. And um, I am a student myself and I'm enjoying the facilities, enjoying what the university has to offer me my time here as a student. Now, Clayton, this is really interesting, people, and I, I just hope that, you know, you all will just learn something from this interview. My next question to you is, Clayton, America is known uh, as a society, uh, disabled-friendly community. 
What say you about this? <laughs> uh, I know you laugh. Why? I just, I, because, look, if it was, if it was a disability friendly, if it was a disability friendly country, if the United States was a disability friendly country, we would not have the 90% of blind children that don't even read braille. We wouldn't have the 76% of blind people who are unemployed and struggling. We wouldn't have the more than one third of blind people who are in poverty. And we wouldn't have uh, only 13% of blind people achieving a bachelor's degree or higher in higher education. So to me, it's while the ADA has made progress in terms of us having uh, accessible means of transportation um, and in terms of our ability to get certain certain rights with government agencies and things like that, we, we still have a long way to go. We still have court systems that deny people with disabilities and certainly blind people our rights all, all the time. Um, we still have uh, we still have a lot of work to do. I would say that from and especially from the people that I've talked to uh, internationally because I talk to people from different different nations all the time, I don't know that the US is as blind friendly as maybe other countries around the world, you know. Um, you might be able to speak more to that, but I, I would still say, I say we have, still have a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Clayton, apart from your music, what other ways do you employ your, your voice for persons with special needs and particularly those who are blind? Um, the person that I have as my engineer and even though I do my own engineering now, but my person that I go to for mixing and mastering, um, he's blind. The person that that I've had my graphic cards done by, um, he is he's own it's owned by a blind company as well. Uh, so I try to have I, when it comes to my work, I try to have blind people employed. Like when when I hire someone, I I try to have someone who's blind um doing that type of work unless it's unless it's something that absolutely has to be done by someone who can see but usually that's my, my policy is, is putting blind people first doesn't matter where they are in the world um it's about putting blind people first yes. so and i i i also will team up with um like organizations for the blind on on certain oh my god um, that was my next question. But I also, but I, but I also do, I also do a lot of my own um, advocacy and, and work, because the organizations do do certain things, but they they don't cover all areas, which is why it's important for us to do the to do work that they may not be that they may not do or that they may not find as much of a priority because there's a lot of necessary areas to cover and it's it's our role as is blind people and our responsibility to do that 
Because that was my next question, Clayton. Are you connected slash affiliated with other organizations for persons with special needs in order to assist in the development? Yeah, I'm technically I'm, I'm technically a member of both the American Council of the Blind and the National Federation of the Blind. And I'm also um, involved in the World Blind Union too. So I'm in, I'm in with all of that all those types of uh, organizations. Well, Clayton, tell me, concerning the opportunities for persons who are blind slash visually impaired, how would you rate the, oppo opp the opportunities now, back then, decades ago, when you were growing up? They haven't really gotten much better. I mean, I will say this. I mean, we have, we've improved as far as like digital accessibility, but there's still a long way to go with that, but we've improved as far as those and we have, it's certainly a lot easier to navigate because we have GPS and things like that now that didn't um, used to exist. And so I, I'd say as far as uh, like living independently as a blind person, we have a lot of the tools to, we have the tools to do that. Mm -hmm. But in term and, but in terms of our professional capacities and things like that um and this is what i'm going to get to too is the reasons why like <clears throat> a lot of people talk about the reason why a lot of blind people are not employed is because of uh cited bias but i would say it's deeper than that because you have point of sale terminals at companies that are not accessible to blind people yes it doesn't have, speak yeah you have and that. even the atms they don't do that either yeah, now some of the we we have we have had like accessible ATMs here in the US. Um, oh, okay. Well. But which is good, but but there's there still isn't the worldwide ATM accessibility. And so we have we have point of sale terminals that are not accessible. We have technology that companies put out that a lot of businesses use that's not necessarily accessible either. And then when, and then we have educational institutions like colleges and universities and even other businesses that offer uh, educational courses and programs that do so in an inaccessible or uh, in a format that's not blind friendly. So I think with all those things combined, um, it's really created the, the type of landscape that we have and that's why that's why I'm I'm glad to see that we're we're starting to have more blind people involved in coding and programming yes. things because yes. in order to really change the landscape, we're gonna have to start developing our own systems and, and we're gonna have to develop our own technologies and things like that too. Uh, because we can't if if we simply rely on the sighted public to to do what's right for us. It's going to take a very long time to get there. Yes, this is a mouthful of information. We're going to do a part two with Clayton Jacobs, Blind Gorilla. This is part one of musical slash entertainment industry. Join me next week Sunday for part two with Clayton Jacobs. Remember guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Blessings. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva.
we encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Thank you to my studio engineers, Mr. Sidney Thorpe from Kingston, Jamaica, Mr. Damien Rose from Kingston, Jamaica, and Mr. Gary Kemmer from Monroe, Louisiana. Thank you guys for ensuring that the production goes well.